Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Metroscope, an Intercom Portland public affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. Joining us this time on Metroscope is Mara Abrams. Mara serves as the managing director of Census Open Innovation Labs at the U.S. Census Bureau, which is America's leading source of quality data about our people, places, and economy. That means engaging tech, media, and other partners in new ways to ensure a complete and accurate count in the 2020 census and to increase American economic opportunity through federal data. She is passionate about bringing together purpose-driven leaders, organizations, companies, and people together to create new solutions to the world's biggest problems. And listeners might remember that we did a couple interviews with a few different organizations at Design Week Portland throughout the last month or two. Mara actually held an event at Design Week Portland as well uh, last week called the Creatives for the Count Workshop. So we'll talk to her a bit about that experience as well. Welcome, Mara. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, talk to us a bit about your background, if you could, and just how you got to where you are today as Managing Director of Census Open Innovation Labs. And I know that, uh, well, you're based in Los Angeles, so quite frankly, a lot of our listeners are automatically going to be jealous of at least where you live, (laughs) um, as we were discussing before this interview, um, that you are near the beach. So congratulations on that, and talk to us a bit about you. I apologize. I apologize. No apologies necessary. I do have to say I was recently in Portland, living in Portland for five years, and um, I absolutely loved it. So it has such a big place in my heart, and it was so nice to be back last week for Design Week. So, um, you know, Portland will always be one of my homes, too, but I, I, I can't deny my fondness for the beach now. There you go. I'm in agreement <laughs> with you on that. As someone who was born and raised in Portland but has lived in Southern California for a little while, I think I think we we see eye to eye there. Um, That's right. Yeah. So talk to us a bit about your background, if you could. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've always really been passionate about kind of how you can use creativity and innovation to solve some of the big challenges that we're facing as a society. Um, So kind of early on in my career, um, I started a nonprofit um, teaching documentary filmmaking to um, kids in low income and um, under represented communities, both uh, locally in L.A. and then in the U.S. on a Navajo and Apache reservation and then all over the world um, in Tanzania and in some conflict and post-conflict regions like northern Iraq and Kosovo. So um, my passion is really about actually uh, media and how, how mass media um, can really change the world. And, um, you know, that's kind of been a thread throughout my career. I've done some other things. I was uh, up in Portland because I was working with the Nike Foundation, whose mission was um, around what we called the girl effect, which was about, um, you know, encouraging and empowering adolescent girls to live up to their full potential um, with the idea that it does create a ripple effect in society. If you invest in a girl, you're really investing in 
the entire community and the world. Um, so, so yeah, I was probably the last person to ever expect to join the federal government of all places after doing cool stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, and the Census Bureau, like, come <laughs> on, you know. <laughs> I'm sure it sounds like, really? Like, like, I do get the question, why would you go from Nike Foundation and empowering girls around the world to the Census Bureau? And, um, well, hopefully the answer will re- reveal itself throughout our conversation today. Um, but it, it really is one of the most underknown but important issues of our time. Um, and I'm super passionate about it. And I really think that we need to do everything that we can to get a complete and accurate count in the next census. I think that's fantastic. And I'm glad you addressed that, the move from Nike to the to the Census Bureau, because a lot of people would, I don't I don't even think, like, laugh at it. They would just be like, huh, that's really interesting. Um, and you're, you are talking about a few different uh, angles with kind of your professional spirit and your professional ventures with regards to mass media and how that's especially affecting society today. Um, also, just saw, just kind of the general statement that you mentioned off the top of helping solve the world's problems with you know being creative and being innovative. And it sounds interesting what you're doing. So maybe just tell us what your goal and what your mission is uh, with this job. Yeah, with this job, well, you know, the um, decennial census, which has been happening every 10 years since the first one in 1790, is one of the most fundamental pillars of U.S. democracy, but not enough people know that. Um, And the reason why is because it all comes down to money, power, and data. Um, So money, that's, you know, about close to $700 billion every year in federal funding going into states and communities for things that really affect our everyday lives, like uh, schools, or hospitals, healthcare, SNAP programs, other types of assistance, roads, bridges, you name it. All that federal funding is distributed based on where people are. And so if you don't get a complete and accurate count, you can't properly distribute those fu- that those funds. Um, and then in addition to that, it kind of, you know, it determines uh, congressional redistricting, apportionment, which is how many congressional seats each state will gain or lose based on that population tally. Um, and of course, it's the data that powers our lives. We can't make informed decisions without, and you know, without the data. Um, and so it's really, really important that we make sure that every single person uh, living in the United States gets counted in the next census, which will be in 2020. And so one way that you're helping kind of spread the word about what is really being uh, an important conversation to have and an important cause that affects, like you said, um, the all of this uh, money that, that's going to states and helping pay for education, schools, cities, and the likes uh, is, uh, I, I would imagine, various campaigns. You have the Creatives for the Count campaign that you had at Design Week Portland, and I know listeners... Um, had listened to previous interviews about various organizations who were a part of Design Week Portland. Uh, talk to us a bit, of a, a bit about kind of how that went for you and what you were hoping to accomplish there. Yeah. So what we're trying to do, we're not trying to be the official census campaign. Um, there's another kind of uh, a large number of people and, and uh, an advertising agency who's managing the official census um, communications campaign, which you'll start to see in um, early next year, starting in January. 
What we're trying to do is work with the local organizations who are already doing the the work to get out the count for the 2020 census and helping bring some creativity and, um, you know, digital skills to the work that they're already doing. And so that's what we did at Design Week Portland. Um, we brought together a number of groups who are already very committed to the census, um, including oh. APANO, which is an Asian-American organization that serves Oregon, and then Coalition of Communities of Color, you know, working with these different groups um, that represent communities that we call hard to count, um, which are, there's, that includes a lot of different um, populations, and, and for different reasons, they're hard to count. Um, but it could be people of color, it could be immigrants, it could be uh, renters, millennials, um, kids under the age of five, rural populations. And there's, there's all, again, there's all sorts of reasons why um, they are historically undercounted. And so we're really trying to reach those people um, who are the hardest to count. Um, and the only way to do that is to actually work with the trusted voices in the communities. And those are those organizations I just mentioned who are working with them on a national level, uh, the Leadership Conference, um, which is a national organization representing um, hundreds of civil rights organizations, was in attendance. And so we're really kind of uh, looking to be the matchmakers between those efforts and creatives in Portland and elsewhere to make sure that, you know, those those groups are equipped to um, kind of reach people in a 21st century way and reach people online and kind of bolster their creative capacity. And in that respect, you know, I, I thought it went great. And, you know, there were so many different groups represented in the room, um, a lot of energy, a lot of uh, really brilliant designers and storytellers and strategists kind of all working together side by side. And, you know, these are groups that don't typically work alongside one another. So I thought it was really great in that way that, that you know, you kind of bring together these unconventional um, leaders and, and unconventional partnerships and something um, really cool tends to happen. I really liked the way you said doing all of that in a 21st century way. So through social media, through various uh, forms of content that can be posted on social media, videos, articles, um, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe uh, paintings or, or pictures. Um, talk to us a bit about kind of the content that was produced there and, and how that went. Yeah, so um, it's, you know, what we call share graphics. So it could be like, um, you know, shareable posters or gifts or, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, of course, in, a, in only, you know, three hours, um, it's impossible to do a full-fledged video, but mm -hmm. a lot of people came up with, like, the seedlings of those ideas mm -hmm. um, that hopefully they'll continue to build out post-event. Um, but right now, it's a lot of, like, great shareable content, and that's really the content that, that resonates with people. And so, you know, what, what's important for us is to understand what messages actually resonate, and, you know, that's kind of, we base that on um, the research that's already been conducted through fo focus groups and, and various um, message testing. And so we take like, okay, well, this message of, you know, reaching family is most important to the Asian American community. And so, you know, you have to reach that particular community in that way. And, um, and then, you know, they kind of created quick, you know, stuff that can be um, shared. And we're, what we're really looking to do, though, 
long-term is to build a community of these creatives where we can go back and say, hey, what, what this group really needs is a new logo. Who can spend the next month working on that logo? So we're just we're just the matchmakers here. We're not kind of directing them exactly what to do. Okay. Um, but we're really looking to those organizations who need the support and saying, you know what, we are already connected to this fabulous network of creators. Um, work together. Interesting. And then to kind of localize it um, as far as how the state of Oregon and in Southwest Washington as well, our, our, our target demographic at Intercom Portland, um, how they will be affected positively by um, the event that you guys had the, in the campaign, the Creatives for the Count. How exactly would you kind of put into words how we might see the positive benefits uh, from this? I mean, you're alluding to it a little bit, but if you could just kind of elaborate on yeah. that for the, for the kind of locally. Really about increasing response rates among Oregonians, Washingtonians. So, and actually the entire population, but but through that local lens, that's really the goal. I mean, if we could reach even a thousand more people through these efforts, that will actually make a huge difference. Um, you know, it could, I don't know the exact uh, numbers in those areas, but, you know, in some, in some regions across the U.S., um, you know, having one more person counted could equal, you know, a couple thousand dollars to their communities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every person really does count. And so the more people that we can reach, the better. And we're not saying that digital is the only way to reach people. Certainly um, in some communities and amongst certain populations, that's not the best way to reach people. But mm-hmm. if we can help bolster those efforts that are already happening on the ground by also reaching people digitally. And if we, if that can lead to more people getting counted, then we'll have done our job. So this is Mara Abrams joining us this time on Metroscope. I'm curious about uh, the line uh, that was in your bio that I read off the top, that this can help increase American economic opportunity through federal data. How exactly uh, does American op- economic opportunity get increased through the collection of data? I mean, maybe mm-hmm. maybe it sounds like an obvious question, or maybe it's not. I'm j- I would just I think our listeners would maybe like to know as well how like how how does that uh, data benefit American economic opportunity? Yeah, well, one example of a project that my team works on is called the Opportunity Project. Um, if you want to check it out, it's opportunity.census.gov. We actually work across federal agencies to develop um, problem statements. So, like, what's a problem-facing society? It could be, um, you know, emergency preparedness and disaster relief, or it could be affordable housing. Um, It could be access to STEM education, and on and on, connecting veterans with jobs. So we'll come up with this problem, and then we'll get actual, like, tech developers to respond to that problem by creating a digital tool or an app or something uh, that responds to that issue, but using federal open data. And this is really like a showcase of how data can truly improve people's lives. For example, um, there were a number of companies uh, this past year who participated in this project and were using federal open data, um, again, to, to connect veterans with apprenticeships using AI, because oftentimes they'll come back to the civilian world and not know exactly how their skills will translate. Um, and so that was kind of uh, one one example of many, many, many 
where, um, you know, open data can really improve people's lives. But then if we don't have accurate data, we don't have a complete data set, then you just can't do things like that. You can't, you know, show people how, um, you know, if you move to this neighborhood versus this one, you're more likely to get a job within walking distance. Um, so that type of thing, you know, you really can't make these key decisions that impact our economy, that impact our lives without good quality data. And that's what our, our bureau really does. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned a couple of the organizations that you worked with um, for your Design Week Portland event. I mean, how did that go? Who are you working with? And then how do, how do they take, um, you know, these designs that you guys helped create mm-hmm. uh, as an inspiration to, to move forward to help accomplish what you guys are uh, setting out to do? Yeah, well, we worked with the local complete count committee, uh, which is a kind of self-organized committee that's committed to getting a complete and accurate census count in that area. Uh, we worked with um, Commissioner Segman, Commissioner uh, Daly, and a number of local leaders um, and kind of brought them together with some of the, the organizations that I mentioned. Um, and you know, it's up to them really how they want to use that content. We don't actually, we want to stay out of that process. Hmm. Um, you know, and it's what we, what we encourage is for them to say, you know what, I'm going to, this was a really helpful graphic. Now I can use it, post it on, um, our social media channels, or I can put it on our website, that sort of thing. And, and very intentionally, we're not telling anybody to do anything. We're really just trying to resource the people who are already doing the work. Um, and so in that way, you know, we're, we're really just kind of building this content repository where any, any organization can really use that. Um, we are kind of in the process of working with a few outside organizations who are going to be putting up their own websites where all this content will be housed. More on that to come. Um, but in the meantime, you know, we just tell the organizations, do what you want with this content and, and use it to actually reach the people you're trying to reach. Okay. And then once that ideally happens. Um, How do you see that impacting Portland and Southwest Washington as a whole? Um, How do you you see the kind of the efforts eventually impacting our local area? Well, I hope that people will see it and say, you know what, this is something that does affect me. And therefore, when I get the postcard in the mail, I'm going to go online and fill it out. Um, It's a it's a pretty easy form to fill out. It's not very long. um, And so you know, maybe it takes 10 minutes, maybe 20, but it's really not a huge amount of effort for major, major results. And the more people who know that, the better, um, because, again, it's funding back into their communities and, and the society at large and its uh, representation for them. So as long as we drill home, you know, the, the idea that this is easy, it's safe, and it actually really impacts your life, that's what we're trying to get at. I'm um, amazed and also um, I think it's cool that you're inspired by this. I mean, it seems like it's something that's so important, but maybe not a lot of people think enough about it. Does that make any sense? Like, do do you kind of see that when you're when you're working with various organizations or even individuals? Yeah, it kind of ranges. Um, I think there's a lot of awesome organizations who completely get it. And then there's all types of, you know, organizations and individuals who just you know, personally, I, I didn't even know, honestly, how important the census was until I joined this effort. And then I'm just like, oh, my God, this is this this really affects everything. And so, 
you know, it's understandable that people don't know what it's about. They're confused by it. I mean, even just like fences, like it doesn't sound like the sexiest word in the whole world. But <laughs> what we're trying to do is um, is to really kind of um, make it an imperative in the U.S., um, you know, like like registering to vote, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's this radically inclusive thing, counts every single person living here. And so what what our goal is really is to ensure that everybody is counted. Um, and so, you know, the, the whole idea is to get the word out that of, of what it even is used for, because I think there's a lot of confusion about that. And so the more communications that we can do, the better. So you held this event at Design Week Portland. Um, what else are you doing, and what's kind of the next step for uh, this this goal and this mission that you have for the 2020 census? Yeah. Um, well, my, I can only speak for my own team. There's the, obviously a massive effort going on across the Bureau with our advertising agency, but my team, uh, kind of next step is to take this to other places across the country, uh, we'll be in Washington, D.C. Uh, this June for Pride Month and focusing on the LGBTQ communities and making sure that they're counted. And we're, we're already working with a, a number of national local organizations um, who are working on that issue. Um, and we intend to kind of be in different places focusing on different communities. Um, we also um, worked with a, an amazing group of Portland designers. They uh, developed a toolkit that's for and by creatives that will show people, you know, if you want to get involved, this is how. Um, and hopefully more people will start to adopt that. And so our, our role really is to kind of get that out there and get as many people as possible working on this. Um, and then, you know, a, a big part of this is, is making sure that we sustain the energy that we had in the room last week um, beyond just, you know, that one event. We don't want mm-hmm. this to be a one-off thing. We want to make sure that people continue to stay engaged, involved, and making sure that their community is counted. So if people want to get involved, is there a website that they can go to, or are you going to be coming back to Portland to host another event, or how do people get involved locally? Um, great question. Well, they can just go ahead and uh, email, um, email us. Um, I should have had my, we just created a new, um, a, an email address for our effort. <laughs> I don't have it on me, but. Okay. Meantime, I totally, I totally put you on the spot. That was probably my fault. No, that's okay. No, no, no. Don't worry. Um, but I can, I can definitely get that to you. And if people want to maybe reach out to you guys and, and you can route it, route them our way, that would be awesome. Okay. Sounds good. Um, and so they would just get in touch with you there. Um, yeah, I guess, um, I think that's probably it on my end, uh, and the event overall, a great success and you enjoyed it and you, would you consider having another event up here in Portland or being part of design week again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Final question then. Is Portlandia an accurate representation of the city of Portland as someone who has lived in the city of Portland? Yeah. Is it an accurate representation or not? I, I think there is some truth to it. And in fact, the more that I lived there, the more I felt it was true. I'm, I'm probably going to get like hate mail after saying that. <laughs> but, but no, I think there's much, much more to Portland, of course, than that show. But I do think that there were 
there were certain characters on the show where I'd, I'd go out into the real world and be like, oh, that was that person. <laughs> <laughs> people, because I've lived in Portland almost my whole life, and everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people ask me that, especially when the show was at its height a couple of years ago or whenever that was. Um, and I, I would always say, I would agree with you. I would say some parts are true, but many parts are uh, are not true. Not everyone's walking their cat. Not everyone is owns, <laughs> owns a antique shop. But um, yes, I agree. I just wanted to no, get your no take on that. No offense to those catwalking exactly. shop owners. Exactly. Not at all. And that's what makes Portland Portland, and that's why I love it. Very, very true. All right. Well, Mara, thank you for coming on, and um, congratulations on a successful event at Design Week Portland, and thanks for what you guys do. And, um, yes, if there's uh, another place where people can go to find more information, um, I guess we can maybe get that passed along. Yeah, so if anybody wants to contact us to learn more or get involved, they can reach us at census.accelerate.com at census.gov and census is a very commonly misspelled word it's c-e-n-s-u-s dot accelerate a-c-c-e-l-e-r-a-t-e at census.gov thanks a lot for coming on thank you so much we were talking today with Mara Abrams, Managing Director of Census Open Innovation Labs at the U.S. Census Bureau, which is America's leading source of quality data about our people, places, and economy. Metroscope is an Intercom Portland Public Affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit metroscopepdx.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend.